welcome to the first Kings of Anglia podcast of the new year, 2022. Welcome to 2022 and welcome to my two co-hosts today. The original lineup of the Kings of Anglia from back in the day. I'm Mark Heath, your host, and with me, a man who's definitely not dull, Andy Three, wo- three Roasts, excuse me, Hutch Hogan, Warren, how are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too. Does that make Ross kind of the... The, the the session drummer from the from the lineup that you just dispense with drummers, don't you? Bands along the way, they just seem to yeah. ditch them. What's his name? Oh, Bo- get... Bonehead at, at uh, Oasis they got rid of him, didn't they? <laughs> just get rid of the drummer, get another one. Sometimes yeah. they're great, like Ross. Sometimes not so much. Mike Bacon, what's he like? The the session singer that will come in and do if we need a female vocal, um, <laughs> he can come in and do that. Bacon's like the replacement frontman, isn't he? You know, like when. Um... They brought someone in to replace Freddie Mercury after after he died in Queen, um, and did like a, a new show. He, he's that guy, uh, and very good he is too. Uh, still, obviously in Hollywood, negotiating that Netflix book deal. Um, someone who also will write a book one day, and it will be excellent. And I'll read it. The Doctor Stuart Watson. First time we've seen you for a while. How are you, my friend? I'm writing a book, am I? That's news to me. I you are definitely <laughs> you are definitely going to write a book one day. I've seen okay. it in your future. Um. Happy New Year to you all. Nice to see you uh, down the lens again. How was your Christmas, Stu? We've not seen you my, since Christmas. My Christmas was was lovely. I had uh, a bit of bonus time off with uh, some of the games being called off. So um, ready and raring to go again. I feel uh, unusually rested after the festive period. Has all the festive food been expunged from your respective households or are you still nibbling on like peanuts um, and chocolate and stuff? Yeah, I think I did that, the, the classic thing, maybe a couple of days ago where I, I exclaimed, that's it, you know, Christmas indulgent is over now, back back to normality. Um, a Toblerone was then subsequently consumed within the following 24 hours. So I, I think this is kind of the first week of getting back into the, the full routine. So mm. it has to stop at some point, doesn't it? Do you do that, Hutchie? Obviously, you're you're known for in, indulging yourself at odd times of the day with roasts and all sorts of fancy food. Have you still got some some festal, festive fare mate, in in your house, mate? There is a there I, there is a cupboard that is absolutely rammed with like chocolate and stuff at the moment. It's I, I don't know how it's ever going to go. If I'm if I'm honest, like so much chocolate came our little girl's way this Christmas. It's unbelievable. So. um I don't think it's ever going to stop, ever. I'll probably go downstairs in a minute and have some M&S Swiss chocolate <laughs> just because just because it's there. It's, it's, it will never stop. You decadent bastard. Do kids still get... I remember when I was a kid at Christmas, you used to get those multi-pack things that were like almost in a net with like mm. various different types of chocolate. Is that still a thing or have kids moved on since then? Nets of chocolate money, that's, that's, that's going around... You're in you're in selection box territory now. They don't come in nets quite so much, but very much nets of chocolate money is still that might still got some of that if you want some. Um, We're at the um, runts of the litter stage when it comes to the the selection the selection boxes like your celebrations and your your roses etc. There's just hmm. just the unwanted ones left at the bottom now, isn't it? A few eclairs knocking about. <laughs> eclairs eclairs are great. I'm all in on eclairs. They they you, go they go early for me. Where do you stand on fudge boys? Love it. Not Agreed. for me. We should team up. We'd make it the perfect chocolate partnership in that case. Right then, boys, let's move on. It is January. 
Um, Christmas is in the rearview mirror and it is silly season officially starts. So I thought today what we'd do is bring you a sexy stuff special. We'll talk a little bit about January, what we think town need, what we think might happen, maybe even throw a few names into the mix. But before we get going, Hutchie, I've got to start this show today with an apology. Um, last week, on last week's show, Stu, you weren't around, so you probably aren't aware of this, but I may have insinuated, I never said, but I may have insinuated that Andy Warren was dull in a similar vein to New Ipswich Town boss Kieran McKenna. Um, there's been something of a, of a backlash, notably on YouTube. Richard Cowley, Andy Warren is not dull in capital letters. I find Hutch the best of all, all, Stewie, the Ipswich analysers, interesting and entertaining. Double trouble. He's clearly intelligent and a great journalist. I'm delighted his first impressions of McKenna are so positive. Also, STST just added, I like the Hutch. So there you go. <laughs> Consider myself told, Andy. I didn't actually say you were dull. I merely did it. Well, but... there was a. Th- I, I left that feeling slighted. Feeling slighted <laughs> if I'm honest, I, look, I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable with who I am. Um, Good. Dull or, what, otherwise. dull or otherwise. That's Fine. what matters. I never, just for the record, I never actually said you were dull. I did suggest that Kieran McKenna perhaps is a little bit dull. And I also got pulled up on that. So uh, where are we here? JT, people calling our new, new boss dull are probably the same people that can't sit through a film without explosions. He's seen right, <laughs> he's, he's, he's seen right into my soul there, boys. <laughs> Classic uh. Heath. Um, I suggest you actually try listening to what KMC says rather than how he says it. He's an absolute breath of fresh air. So there we go. Starting 22 by apologising for my very existence and everything that I say. Um, start as you mean to go on. Boys, it's January. As I already said, it's silly season. Things have already started happening. So I suggest we start with those. And I guess the sexiest of which, one of which was inevitable, which we'll come on to second, the sexiest of which thus far in January is a state of play with Christian Walton. Town's unquestioned number one goalkeeper, linked with a move back or a recall back to Brighton, where he may indeed be sold on. Hutchie, you, you broke a little exclusive about this yesterday. Do you want to bring us up to speed? Yeah. Um, well, going into January, we've um, we've heard a, a fair amount, haven't we, about a potential recall for Christian Walton um, from Brighton. I think some national stories have, uh, have suggested that's something they'd be looking to do. And um, in many ways, that's... That's correct. Um, he's going into the final six months of his contract at, at Brighton um, and it seems that there will be a parting of ways at that point, which means that that January is their last chance to kind of make anything back on a on a goalkeeper they've had for some time and at various points could have sold for um, several million pounds. I'm led to believe that Paul, Paul Cook wanted to pay over three million pounds for Christian Walton when he was at Wigan. Um, yeah. At, at that point, um, but that the finance didn't didn't add up there. But that, that that's kind of where he's been at, and um, there is a chance he's recalled um, this uh, this January if um, if Brighton are going to do that. The, the thing is, though, Ipswich don't want that to happen, and, and they are fighting to keep, as you say, the man who's become the undisputed number one here. They're fighting; they want to keep him, whether they can or not. Um, we shall see. He's happy here. He's enjoying his football, but but what Ipswich can't offer, and what Brighton think elsewhere could offer, is is Championship football, and um, that's I think that's probably where Ipswich's battle is now because we know that financially they're 
they're able to compete in certain ways with with the championship, certain areas of the championship. They need to obviously look at the um, salary salary um, salary capping protocols in League One. They need to be careful there. They don't. They can't be. They can't go crazy with money. They can compete, but um, what they can't offer is is championship football. But as 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 a bottom line, they're fighting to keep a goalkeeper that they really like, and they would they would like to have him here here long term. Mm-hmm. You, you set me straight yesterday, Hutchie, excuse me, <clears throat> when I said, come on, just make it rain, get some of that game changer cash out, sign up Walton, and exactly what you just said there, which is something I think we're going to have to keep in mind, isn't it, throughout this process, that, yeah, that's fine, they might be able to compete financially, but you can't offer championship football. Um, Stewie, Christian, sorry. So, yeah, sorry, the other thing they can't they can't do, and it, is it have to be mindful of that as well, you have to remember he's on a premiership contract at Brighton, which mm-hmm. um, a Premier League contract there which um, Ipswich will be paying a decent proportion of. But for Christian Walton, he's got six months left of that big Premier Premier League salary mm. at Brighton. Um, clearly, while Ipswich are able to pay good League One money, they are... I, I, clearly, they're not going to match his Premier League salary. So th- th- there's some things that don't add up, but, but overall, there's a strong desire there to try and keep... A goalkeeper that, that they really like, Kieran McKenna really likes, and um, a goalkeeper who, who by all accounts, is in, enjoying himself here and is open to the idea of it. Hmm. Siri, Christian Walton? like to keep him. Obviously, someone who's played a, a lot of championship football at one stage. I think uh, it was only a pre-season injury that, that stopped him kind of breaking into the Brighton team, and they went out and signed uh, the Spanish goalkeeper whose name... Um, Sanchez escapes me. Yeah, Sanchez. I think he, he got one of these freak. Walton got sort of a freak injury in a warm up during preseason, and at that stage, I think Brighton were going to take a look at him. So, um, played a lot of football in the Championship. He's he's obviously made some really good saves for Ipswich, and as Andy says, become the undisputed number one. The other thing Ipswich have got to be mindful of when you talk about the game changer money. It's all very well having the money, but there are financial constraints that Ipswich have to work within and they Mm. you would imagine obviously we don't know the full picture at the moment because the finances always sort of come a year further down the line but you would imagine that Ipswich are towards the upper end of the salary cost management protocol where you're limited to 60% of um, turnover on on wages and so it will need to be a a rejig a reshuffle Uh, there are consequences if you do something uh, with Walton, then you know you have everything has to be offset essentially, and you've got to decide where you want to to put that money and prioritise where you want to put that money. But um, hopefully, um, the stars align, and, and this is one that that can be done. Mm. I mean, it's, it would be a big blow, obviously, to to lose Walton. Hutchie, you got any kind of sense as to time scale on this? Is this one that's going to rumble on throughout January? Do you think? Is it is it one that's um, tied up relatively soon? I think there's a potential for it to rumble on. Um, it sounds to me like it would be difficult to see him remain at Ipswich on loan um, beyond the window. I think something will have to change. Um, there's obviously a scenario that it's it's not impossible because I think Brighton have got another goalkeeper they're looking to get out on loan as well, potentially, which may impact what their... Um, what they're looking to do with Walton. There's a potentially a scenario, I, I guess, where he could be recalled by Brighton and Ipswich could still eventually end up taking him. Mm. Um, 
for, yeah, there is some talk at, at the Brighton end about about him being recalled after this weekend's game at, at Gillingham, um, which would be a surprise, I think, but not impossible. Mm. Um, but I don't even if that recall does happen after that game, that would be that would be a very disappointing for Ipswich if that happened. But I don't think that would necessarily be the end of it either. Mm. So I, I think this is one that, in various ways, probably will rumble on for a large amount a large amount of this month with maybe some some twists and turns in there in there potentially because there's obviously Brighton have got a big say in how this how this happens. I like the sound of twists and turns, good for us. Stewie, if for whatever reason Walton ends up departing Ipswich Town, they will come on to what town need in January. But if he goes, they're gonna need another keeper, aren't they? You wouldn't be happy with with Hladke as number one, would you? Um I think I'm I'm not terribly convinced by the start that Vaskov Hladke's made to his, his life, at Ips, life at Ipswich Town thus far. I think that that's fair to say. Came in, had a really, really shaky start, but then subsequently on the occasions that he has kind of been recalled to the team, I think it's fair to say that he's shown a bit of character. He's not been someone that's kind of crumbled after that poor start. I think he's he's shown a bit of character. There are areas of his game that, that concerns me. Yes, ultimately he kept a clean sheet, um, against Wickham last time out with Walton out with COVID, punched a lot of balls. I think there were a couple of times that, that Andy was sort of saying, catch it next to me. There was one notable one in the first half that he really should have, have come and claimed. But as I said in the earlier chat, there's a finite amount of money that Ipswich can work with in this transfer window. And ultimately, you've got to decide where you prioritise that money and what is going to give you the best ultimate chance of having success this season. And I just think you've, you signed Lackey for a reason in the summer. I think that would absolutely crush him if you go out and sign another one now. I don't think he's done enough wrong in in the last few games that he's he's come in not to, not to go with. I, I think I would rather spend that money on a different area of the team, go with Lackey and Holy for the last six months of the season. Uh, and then reassess it in in the summer. And if ultimately you decide that the Hagi does need to be upgraded, then then do it then. So, um, in answer to your question, if if Walton can't be done, then then I might be inclined to to go to go with what's there, and at least for, until the end of the season. I would tend, to, yeah. I would, I think <laughs> I think I would just about agree with that. Um, I've not enjoyed watching Vlachlav Hagi recently. Um, I. I was having kittens, was nice too during that <laughs> during that game last week. He he had me right on edge. Um, Paul Cook has just popped up on my uh, on my TV in my room here. That's very strange. He's on Sky. Um, yeah, I would be I would be semi tempted to to do what Stu's just said there because if you go out and sign another goalkeeper that isn't Christian Walton, like Stu says, I think you are probably closing the door on Batshaw Hadki as your starting goalkeeper forever, as, as an Ipswich goalkeeper. You, you, you're condemning him to being a second choice um, like for the duration of his, his town career. But I would be very, I'd be pushing for Walton because I think Christian Walton is a, a really significant upgrade on Hladke. Mm. I think there are really some significant upgrades on Hladke out there in, in general. Whether you can find that in January is is heavily debatable. Christian Walton isn't a January signing. He He's a known quantity. You know exactly what they're getting with him. Another goalkeeper. 
you're taking a January gamble, and um, I don't think January is really the time to be. No, you're. To be, to I, be doing I, that. What you're going to get? What you're going to get in January for a goalkeeper? It's probably going to be another loan, isn't it? In terms of who's going to be available, or someone who's maybe coming to the end of their contract in the summer, a bit like Walton is. But all I would say in defence of Hagkey is. He came in and I think to play as the goalkeeper, the man behind a whole new team in front of him, were really difficult circumstances for him in in front of a team that was playing this kind of open, expansive style of football under Paul Cook that probably weren't fit enough to do it, that weren't weren't gelled enough to do it at at that stage. Mm. And then sort of Walton arrived at at the end of the transfer window just as things were starting to sort of come together in front of him and, and with a with a greater protection in front of him, maybe we just haven't seen the best of him. They signed him for a reason. He kept a ton of clean sheets for, for Salford in, in League Two the season before. I think uh, I think if Walton goes, he, he deserve a, a little crack at it, and then uh, and then make the real assessment in the summer. Mm. I've got no problem with his kind of with the handling side of things. He made some early handling errors, didn't he? And I I've got I've got no worries about that. I think he'll be absolutely fine. I think um, shot stopping. Absolutely fine. But the, the big thing that I look for and like about a goalkeeper and what I like the best about Christian Walton um, was just the command of box. Ipswich haven't had that for so, so long. Like, I, that was probably Bart's weak point as well. Um, the kind of the area between six yard box and penalty box. Um, Kladke's got a few similar traits to David Cornell in this regard, sort of getting pinned at corners and set pieces that come in. Um that's an area he needs to work on. Um, he's on the smaller side of, of goalkeeping, but as a as a goalkeeper, pure goalkeeper, I don't. I've got no problem with with Hladke. He's a he's a better option than Thomas Holy. Um, and for the rest of the season, I think I think Stu's right. He does deserve a, a chance. Like this time, he came in for this game with Walton with COVID. He's come in for Walton before previously as well, and had a really good. I cannot remember off the top of my head what that game was. But he came in, had a really good game, his first game back in um, at some point, maybe in November time. Um, so, so, um, so, yeah, I, I hope they get Walton done, but I also hope they don't go then scrambling for, mm. a, for a goalkeeper because I think it would be it would be scrambling because um, because they they had their heart set on Christian Walton for the season. So, hopefully, they get it done, and then uh, if not, maybe they do go with. Okay, well, watch this space, and particularly maybe even watch this space next week, and let us know what you think about that particular debate, because I I reckon, boys, the majority of of town fans slash listeners may disagree with you in terms of being confident with Hladke as number one. So so do let us know. Before we move on to something which has already happened, boys, and was inevitable, Hutchie, you've hinted there, you've got a TV. You called it your room. It is obviously your your office where, where you kind of have the control centre, the nerve centre of, of part of our Ipswich Town concentration uh, section. Um, just give us. I assume you say TV. It's wall mounted. Is it flat screen? All that sort of business. Oh well, for, for the for viewers, I'll tilt the screen so you can see it. Keep going this way past the nerve centre of rubbish boxes. There we go. There uh, we go. It's up there. Oh, there there's, it is. There's, can you see Paul Cook there? What's what's he on there for, Hutchie? What's it's he just, doing? Just, I've got no idea. The volume's off. He's tipped up on Sky Sports News. I have mm. paused it, so I might watch it when he's. Uh, I reckon he might be saying something interesting, which you might see on our website. It's not. In, it's, not in, it's not. I think there's every chance that he might be saying something mm. interesting. But I, I do. Um, I do have Sky Sports News on a fair amount, and um, there's there's Paul. There you go, friends. For those of you watching, 
a visual insight into the nerve center or one of the nerve centers are which is which town content creation hubs do nerve have. centers have old boxes of kids dressing up clothes in them there's, there's no rules this one has do nerve centers <laughs> have a, a broken electric toothbrush over there yes yeah if it's your nerve center fine Right then, boys, we'll move on from, from the nerve centre into something that was inevitable. As inevitable as the sky being blue and water being wet, Louis Barry has been recalled by Aston Villa. We all thought this was going to happen. Stuart Watson, it's happened. Your thoughts? Uh, yeah, so yeah, it was, it was <laughs> na- nailed on a recall as, as there was, wasn't there? It's just, just not happened for him. And um, clearly Ipswich didn't think that they were going to get or hadn't gambled that they were going to get Bursant Selina at the time that they signed Louis Barry. And, and that kind of those increased forward options have, have limited his. I think he's started one game. He hasn't even been uh, well, one league game. I think he started very early in the season, hasn't even been making benches of late. Um, sometimes these loans come off spectacularly and sometimes they don't. And, and um, that's not to say it's been a wasted um, six months for Louis Barry because it's easy to forget he is just what, 18, 19 years of age and, and that first loan, as as we hear so often from managers, is as much about the off-field experience of just living away from home and um, experiencing a different environment to that sort of pampered Premier League bubble that some of these these youngsters have, have been involved in. Um, everyone speaks very highly of his, his character and, and the way that he's kind of... Uh, gone about things despite the disappointment of not playing um so it makes sense for i guess for all parties for him to to go and uh, go somewhere else where we might get a little bit more game time and that obviously frees up a lone spot for Ipswich to play with because you can have i think you can have as many as you want actually in in your squad but you can only you can uh, you can only name five on a match day and Ipswich Ipswich had that five so um yeah no no great surprise there and um be interested to see how his career pans out from here. Hutchie, Louis Barry, just a victim of circumstance. Obviously, when he signed, um, they probably weren't thinking that Burst and Selena was going to arrive. Is that what ultimately did for him, as they say? Yeah, I think I, yeah, I, I would I would very much put it down to to circumstance rather than rather than anything else. Um rather than a reflection on him anyway. Uh, I, you we've said it before but you can't you can't sign 19 players in a summer add them to a group of five or six existing players and have them all come off because that it just can't work like that you can't mm. give everyone the gate they'd all will have will have come hoping to play significant games there just aren't enough games to go round and that's even if you're kind of using some kind of odd squad rotation system, which clearly Ipswich have been trying in certain ways to nail down an 11. Barry never looked like he was going to be in that. Still don't know what position he plays. We've seen him play as a number 10. We've seen him play wide uh, on the left. Probably we've seen him play wide on the right. Um, and, And you're right. They didn't know what was to come. Even later that day, you were kind of scratching your head a little bit. They signed Louis Barry in the morning and signed Sonia Luco in the evening. And you, two players at such opposite ends of their careers. At that point, they were still after Michael Jacobs. Obviously, Michael Jacobs then turned into Kyle Edwards um, over a over a weekend. And then there was still Selena to come as well. So we were talking about like eight players going into three for that attacking mm. three behind Paul Cook striker and, and, and Barry never figured. Really. He's almost a bit of an insurance, insurance mm. option early on. He was available, get him in. We don't quite know who else we may or may not get yeah. after him. And... Um, 
you know, in the end, they didn't need that insurance option. He probably hasn't cost the earth as he picked up a bit of his of his his wages over that that period. So, um, just just one of those, isn't it? He's um, I'm sure he'll have learned a lot from from uh, mm. from his time here. Mm. And good luck to Louis going back to Villa, and, and we'll follow his career with interest, boys. So that's what ha- has already happened and is kind of in process, and things are moving on. But shall we move now on to the really sexy stuff, the pe- things that are going to get people really revving their engine? <clears throat> and that's what might happen in January and where town need to fill weakened areas. So, Hutchie, uh, maybe start with you. Uh, I think one of them is is, is obvious. We talked about before. Um, but shall we just have, have a bit of a back and forth town transfer tennis? Um, do you want to start with, with an area that town need to sort out? Yeah, but before we start with that, I, I this would have been... A- I know what I think they needed under Paul Cook. Um, we've seen one game of Kieran McKenna, and we don't. We've seen it in a in a, the system that we saw. We saw a back three, and then hmm. and then sort of we saw what we saw going forward. We I'm not convinced that's absolutely his approach to the game. So it's hard to at this point. It's hard to really know how what they were targeting um, could potentially could potentially have changed, but. Um, what we do know is that he is going to be backed, and and there's going to be is it reshuffle we the, the phrase used to um, uh, shuffling of the pack a little bit. So um, I know exactly what I think they should have done under Paul Cook, and I guess in many ways it would be similar, um, similar under under McKenna. But um, I think whichever way you shake it out, I think they need a left back um, option because hmm. Hayden Coulson has been. Um, Hayden Coulson has been has been absent for so long through injury. I think he went off in the Wickham game. Um, so mm. a left back to compete or jump ahead of, of Matt Penny, um, whether that's in a back four or, or as a wing back in a back three, back five, then that would be that would be an area I'd look at. Mm. With Coulson, obviously now we've got uh, McKenna in. He looks like he's going to give us more updates than the non, which is what Paul Cook did on injury injury things. What's the latest on Coulson? Does he gone back to? To borrow for a bit to rehab from an injury. Um, before the which game are we at? The, the what was the mid? Wickham, the, Wickham. Yeah, the, was it before the Wickham game that we had the the McKenna sort of update? Like you say, very refreshing. We've got a manager who's, mm. who's who's giving us a bit more in terms of injuries. Um, he revealed having with sort of no updates on Hayden Coulson for several weeks that he had gone back to Middlesbrough for a bit of treatment mm. and. Sounds like quite recently has only just returned to to Ipswich, which suggests that he is nearing a return to action. That, that he's mm. kind of come back to Ipswich now. And um, do they now sort of give him? Or did they give him a few weeks and see if you can get Hayden Colson up to speed, or do you kind of cut your losses on him and and try for something different? That that will be interesting to to see. Um, but I agree. I agree with Andy. For, in terms of top priorities, is getting a bit. I think in terms of the area of the team that can be levelled up, hmm. the quickest would would be that left side for me. We've seen the impact Wes Burns has on the right. If they could get something sort of um, balancing that out on on the left hand side, um, that would make them a far more balanced team. Um, Matt Matt Penny's had a very up and down start to life at Ipswich Town. He's done. He's had some really bad games, and he's had some games where he's been where he's been fine. But I think mm. if Ipswich are going to make that run towards 
the playoffs now. I think they need more than more than fine down that left side. It's the same goes for Bailey Clements. The same goes for for Miles Kenlock. So le- left hand side's the priority for me. Okay, um, stick with you, Stu, to play the forehand in this transfer tennis. Um, left side, then you both said. Any other places do you think Town need? Yeah, then you're starting to get into a, a areas now of of making a case, but not as strongly for other areas of the team. I'm really intrigued to see how the the top end of the pitch plays out over this window because I think any new manager that comes in will always want to freshen up mm-hmm. the the striker, the forward options. Because if you're going to change things significantly mid season, then quite often it's a it's a striker, it's a goal scorer, it's an it's an attacking player that that kind of lifts things. Um, and there's some serious question marks at that uh, over some players at the top end of the pitch. Macaulay Bond, what's going to happen with him? Just if you rewind a, a month or, or two, I think everyone would have been falling over themselves to say pay whatever QPR want for Macaulay Bond. That has obviously, you know, I think he's gone 10 games without a goal now. So that, that situation's dampened a little bit. QPR, I think, have had some, in, I don't know what their current situation is, but they had had a couple of injuries up front and, um, obviously, McCauley said, I'll be angry if, if they recall me. But uh, Warburton said, well, he's our player. And if, if we feel fit to, to bring him back, we will. So some serious question marks there. James Norwood, despite the fact that he's come in from the cold and scored three in his last three league games, he was put on the transfer request by the club's hierarchy, not by Paul Cook. Uh, that was that was a decision made by the Americans and by Mark Ashton that they, they just didn't feel that Every, the whole James Norwood package just didn't fit their their image of the football club. And okay, he's come in and scored some goals, but that that situation hasn't completely changed about him overnight. He's out of contract in the summer. Yes, Ipswich have a twelve month extension option there, but um, I still don't know how this month's going to pan out for James Norwood. Maybe Ipswich might think actually great, he's come in, scored a few goals. We might retain a bit of value on him and in the same way that we're talking about Brighton just sort of eking a few quid out of someone before they come out of contract maybe they'll do the same with James Norwood and that if if Bon or Norwood goes then McKenna might be thinking great I can go and get a a striker in my mold that I want and he might have someone prime in mind that he wants so mm. that top end of the football pitch uh interests me how this month could pan out Norwood's always he looks he looks fit he looks sharp but that hamstring is always something i will be looking over the shoulder at um maybe that's unfair maybe maybe it's a problem that's behind him but we've seen it before um so with norwood that would be a worry as well because i think he he's kind of one one yank of that hamstring away from this renaissance that i've really enjoyed watching kind of falling away a little bit um mm. so that that would be that would be a worry as well mm. uh, we should probably say as we're talking about what town need boys we've already talked about there being five loan spots available um in the match day squad and obviously now one of them is available but it, uh, they're at the limit aren't they in terms of squad size as it stands so are we in it what kind of, where does town stand in terms of bringing players in under the you're, rules you're allowed 22 senior outfield players and that mm. uh, and the definition of senior is that you are 
Andy, correct me if I'm wrong here, under the age of 21 at the start of the calendar year. And, and that will be based on, obviously, January the 1st last year, and that will carry through this season. So mm. Ipswich were at the very maximum of that 22. And to hit that maximum, they had to cut a couple of players, one of whom was Miles Kenlock, most notably. So they haven't obviously been able to select him for league games. They have been able to select him for cup games. Ben Morris was a, was another one who is um, over over that age group. Although obviously he's he's had a long period out th- through injuries and wasn't wasn't likely to be around things anyway. But um, yes, to Louis Barry would have been underneath that anyway. So they're still at that maximum. Um, the COVID situation sort of muddies the water slightly because I think at the minute. Is Andy again? Is all all bets are almost off? If you have a big COVID outbreak, I think, for example, if Ipswich had a big COVID outbreak, then they could suddenly play Miles Kenlock if they needed to. I think they would get special dispensation. But but you would imagine by the end of January that the the rules will still be there, and Ipswich will basically at the end of a transfer window you can rename that twenty two. Mm. So you can you can do it within the window as well. So I, I I think it's it's now fluid, I believe, for a month. So if Miles Kenlock needed to be registered, they could do that now. Um, if someone drops out, okay. But, but so, ultimately, they're at the upper end of a lot of limits in terms of the physical number of players, in terms of the wage cap, in terms of the the loanies. So as I keep saying, reshuffle, rejig. You know for to make something happen, some something else has to sort of counter it. A chain reaction. Right then, so we said left-sided, boys. We talked about strikers there. Maybe things going to happen there. Where else on the pitch, Hutchie? Are we getting to the end of it now? Um, with strikers, just, just continuing with strikers a little bit. I, Whenever a new manager comes in, I think they always want a striker. <laughs> I, I think that will be on any new manager's first transfer window wish list is a striker. In some, se- in, yeah, it is. It it, it kind of your, your strikers can kind of set the tone for a team mm. as well. And and whether whether you're happy with the ones that you've got or not, and there is there's reason reasons for Kieran McKenna to be happy with the group that he's got, even if he's happy with them. I think he'd want one anyway because that's what. Yeah, yes, this is this is McKenna's first first management gig. He might not know that you have to sign a striker in your first window. <laughs> this might be a lesson that he needs to learn, but. Every manager should want to sign a striker in their first window. So I, I, I think one way or another that will that will happen. Um, other areas, I think if they're they're well stocked in in number, but if mm. this three if three at the back, a centre backs is the way they want to go. Um, I think I think somebody there would be would be somewhere I'm I'm looking at. I like the blend that's in there now, which is Janoy Dynastian, Luke Wolfenden, and George Edmondson. I like the three of them. They're working well. There's it's kind of come together as a unit quite quite quickly and quite well actually, and I've enjoyed watching them. But I'm not sure that that Cameron Burgess and Toto Enciala would necessarily be the, the kind of players that McKenna would want to slip into that. If you if you're playing three centre backs, naturally you're gonna need to have a bigger stock of them than you would have mm. if you're gonna play two. So and and a left sider would be an obvious one there because I, I that Burgess is left sided, but to have a left sided um centre back in a back three would be would be a decent shout. It wouldn't be at the top of my list of things to do, but it would be on the kind of the the midfield um, of the list, not the midfield of the team. The the mid tier, mm. the mid tier of the list would be somewhere, something in that regard. 
Stewie, any further? Going back to what Andy said at the very start, we don't know. I think Kieran McKenna's obviously played 3-4-3 in his, in his first game, but has kind of alluded to the fact that he assessed the squad and felt that that was the, the system that best suited the personnel at his disposal. I don't know. We don't know necessarily that that's what he wants to do in the long term. I think if we were talking about this being Paul Cook and 4-2-3-1, right back would be another area that I'd be looking at because I think Janoi Danassian, for all his qualities, wasn't that isn't the marauding sort of attack-minded right back and Kane Vincent Young. There are some question marks over, over him since he's returned to fitness after after so many injuries. You don't know if he's you know is ever a game away from sort of breaking down again. So mm. um, if he wants to eventually get towards a, a back four, then maybe right back might be an area that that he's looking at as well. Wes Burns has obviously missed. Uh, several games as well so if he you know if he suddenly gets injured as well then you might find yourself a little bit short down down that right hand side as well so might be an area that he's looking at the one area that you think that they're probably well stocked that we haven't mentioned is central midfield that you've got mm. Morsi you've got Evans um you've got plenty of other players in there I think that is more a case of probably thinning if we're talking about sort of thinning the squad in certain areas to, to make room for others, central midfield might be one. You know, Idris El Mazzouni, do you look to get him a, a, a decent level loan in the second part of this season? John Nolan is, along with Caden Jackson, are two players that are getting very little game time and are coming towards the end of contracts that you might, might see moving on. But you've still got Scott Fraser, Raheem Harper, Tom Carroll, who, who obviously um, McKenna's worked with before. So... Um, yes, that, that looks an area that's that's well stocked at the moment. Okay, we'll come on to departures in due course, but let, let's talk names, shall we? Um, always fun to chuck a few names around in the old transfer think walk. Um, Hutchie, you mentioned left back earlier. Have you got any uh, any names you could you could throw around that, that obviously we're not saying these are players that town are going to sign, but players that may be of interest or of interest to you? Um, yeah, there's one standout name for me. He's a man that brings experience, a pigeon chest, a fine, <laughs> a fine head of curly hair. Um, Dean Dean Lewington from uh, from MK Dons <laughs> from, MK, no. from MK Dons um, would be would be my pick. No, um, I've looked. I've had a little look at maybe some like League One level players. I don't. I don't know where they're where they're looking. Um, but I've got a few here. I've got Seddon at Oxford. Butler from Peterborough, obviously, in the Championships available. I like Ben Purrington at Charlton, who I believe is coming to the end of a contract that he played really well against Ipswich fairly recently. He played quite advanced. Cohen Bramall, we've seen at Lincoln. Um, lightning quick. Um, he's coming towards the end of a contract, I believe. And then in, in League Two um, at Swindon, Ellis Iandolo, who has made rapid progress this season I've enjoyed watching those a little bit uh, I think Stu hinted earlier that we, we kind of feel like championship level footballers is more the mm. the target these days but for, for a few that are uh, playing in League One a lot of those are like some of those are playing above Ipswich's level in League One remember so I don't, I don't think they can go to Oxford and sign their left back at the moment um, that that, that's that's a hard job. Um, but yeah, there's a, f a few names there, but it, it, it's kind of that kind of type, isn't it? Like a Wes Burns style 
left sider who can play at the back, but maybe their attacking prowess is uh, is what they're what they're known what they're known for. Mm. But Dean Lewington's the number one. Yeah, <laughs> he's he is to MK Dons what the what the old Ravens are to the Tower of London, isn't he? If he leaves, that everything just falls apart. Literally, collapses. we just we just don't know. We, we he's, just don't know. He, he, he's been there the whole time. Um, yeah, I think he's in. I don't know if this is officially his last dance, but I think he's once again coming towards the end of a a contract at thirty seven or something. But um, not. Uh, maybe he isn't the answer to what <laughs> Ipswich need right now. But um, but I like him. For those of you who don't know, Andy has a fairly unhealthy obsession with with Dean Lewington. Well, some would say healthy, um, but certainly a big favourite of Hutchie. Stewie, um, in terms of names, you did a little list uh, earlier this week, which is, I think, the most read or second most read thing we've done so far this year in 2022. Ten or I think it was, thir- was it 13? I can't remember the number now. But young loan um, players that town might be interested in. Yeah, that's that's all it is. It's just a conversation starter, really. And, and maybe this this is a little bit lazy in terms of just looking at young Premier League players with with a heavy focus on on Manchester United, which is where McKenna's come from. On Tottenham, who he previously coached, they're they're under 18s. Um, Fulham are chucked in there as well because they've just got uh, Charlie Turnbull, a young coach from from Fulham's under 23s, has just come across to to Portman Road to work with McKenna. But I just think managers tend to we see it time and time again tend to go back to people that they know and they've worked with Mm. before and they've seen plenty of it's natural I guess it happens in in every business and every walk of life and um, you know Premier League and youth to elite youth team football is what Kieran McKenna knows and Mm. January is a month where loans are more likely than than permanent so that to me suggests that um that Ipswich will look down that route. Now, I know people will say, going back to the Louis Barry chat earlier, well, we've, we've tried that with Louis Barry and, and he looked a little bit lightweight and not ready. And um, that doesn't mean that it, you know, there isn't one out there that could work in the, in the here and now. Um, I'll be honest, some of the, some of those players on, on the list, I was, I was well aware of, and, and some required a little bit of, of research sort of pouring through the lists of, I'm not going to pretend that I watch, Manchester United's under under 23s every week but you know for example some of them were people that stuck in my memory uh the young Polish winger Muzelewski easy for me to say is uh, I remember him playing for Liverpool in the in the youth cup semi-final um at Portman Road last year when Liverpool came came from behind to to beat Ipswich and I remember him sort of sticking in my mind and and quite often that's how it works. If you remember like mm. Mark McGuinness, we, we all sort of wax lyrical about him playing for, for Arsenal against Ipswich and, and sort of days later, um, Ipswich had signed him. So um, even though McKenna wasn't wasn't here then, I'm sure there'll be people in the building that will, will be sort of backing up maybe some thoughts if if he has any on, on someone like that, for example. Um, striker, and this one might be quite ambitious that, that I put on that list, was Marcus Fors at, at Brentford, who's uh, still only 22, a Finnish striker who was kind of a, a super sub figure for Brentford when they got promoted, stepped off the bench and quite often scored a lot of goals for them on their way to promotion. Obviously, even Tony has, has, uh, has gone to, to Brentford since then and he's found his game time a, a little bit limited. That would be sort of the real maximum level, I would say, of of someone that Ipswich could convince to come. You know, if he's someone that's frustrated at 
having been a, a bench impact player for some time. Yes, he could get a championship club, but could Ipswich persuade him, come here, we've just lost Bond slash Norwood in a hypothetical scenario. You are going to play. You're going to be a star man. You're going to really get your name up in lights again. And then and then we can all all assess the situation come the summer. So that was, that was just one that I, I chucked in there. But um, have a little look at that list. Of, as, as I say, there's... Uh, there's a, there's a fair mixture on there. There's uh, you know in the various positions that we, that we've discussed in terms of ball playing, centre halves, left siders, forward players. So, um, but the, the beauty of this is we, we really don't know which direction McKenna's going to go. We didn't know what he was going to play formation wise and style in that first game, and and this transfer window is a, re- a real unknown as well for all of us. Mm. Yeah, go and have a look back at that because there are some interesting names in there. It's always fun to look at names, isn't it, boys? Right then, so. <laughs> Those are potential names, um, which may or may not come off. Just a few few names to throw into the mix. We talked a bit earlier about departures, um, and it sounds like Tanner in a situation where they may have to make um, outgoings before they make ingoings. So should we, should we deal briefly with that by way of wrapping up this sexy stuff chat, boys? Outgoings are never the sexiest of sexy stuff, but let's finish with those. Hutchie, we've said Caden Jackson, um, John Nolan. Are those the sort of guys you might be thinking maybe yeah. departing? Yeah, yeah. Um, Jackson, Nolan, Coulson, if depending on where that's at in terms of injury, if the goalkeeping situation works out as Ipswich want it to, uh, Thomas Holy could be one. Stu's mentioned Idris El Mazzouni as a potential loan mm. departure, which would make a, a lot of sense. I, I think it's a struggle for Idris to find the right loan now because... Mm. Um, I think he's shown that he can play League One football. So you you want to get him a League One loan, but you don't want to give him too good a League One loan. And I don't really think... He's had a few bashes at League Two, hasn't he, with, with mm. Cambridge and, and Grimsby previously and, and got a bit bruised up and suffered some injuries there. So I, I don't know if you necessarily want to put him back into League Two. So it's it's difficult to find him um, the loan that would, that would suit him. Um, but... At the same time, you don't want him sitting around behind that midfield traffic, which is huge. If there's only two central midfielders in there now with Morsi, Morsi, Evans, Harper, Nolan, hypothetically, Tom Carroll, um, um, Raheem Harper. I don't know if I said him already. Um, But yeah, Idris would be one to get out on loan. And then beyond that, you have to look at the knock-on effects of incoming players. Like if... um, if a striker is added to the group and and Bon and Norwood hang around, what does that what does that mean for Joe Piggott and and difficult things like that 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 players that you don't really want to see move on, but at, at the same time, um, you can't have people like Joe Piggott as like fourth that make Hayden Jackson fifth choice striker, and it like there are knock on effects to everything I would say, but. Um, there are some obvious ones looking at that squad that you would think. I, I think you create yourself problems there in terms of the squad. The squad is already big. I, I think if Norwood, Bon, and Piggott are all still at Ipswich, you, you can't go. I know we talked about managers want to sign strikers. I just don't think you can do it. I think you create yourself more, yeah, more problems than you do solutions. There, um, you talked about sort of a, 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 sometimes it's a trouble placing someone like Idris El Mazzouni. I think Norwood falls in that bracket as well because realistically, I don't think he's getting a championship club at this minute in time. I think it would be for someone to sort of match where he's at wage-wise. It would be a a higher-end League One club. And of of course, that has the major potential for 
serious egg on your face if Ipswich, you know, if he goes somewhere and scores the goals that sees a team finish above Ipswich um, this season. But maybe that's a risk they'll be willing to take. We'll, we'll see. Um, and then the other ones that are sort of could be a real left field one that comes from nowhere that, you know, they just decide that a face doesn't fit or they don't fit into the style of football. Um, Andy mentioned sort of Burgess and, and Toto Enciala, not necessarily on, we're literally basing this on one game so far, sort of fitting into the, the style of centre-half. Burgess has obviously only just arrived and has got a longer-term contract. Toto's coming to the end of his in the summer. Is that something that you, you decide to sort of make a decision on now to free up space? Another one is, is Scott Fraser. Of course, mm. he has only just arrived in, in the summer. But increasingly, we're, we're just not really seeing where he fits into, you know, we didn't see where he fitted in under Paul Cook, even in this sort of 3-4-3. Three, three, I'm struggling to see what his best his best formation, is, his best position, sorry, is going to be within this team. Is he someone that you just bite the bullet on and say it hasn't worked? The only reason I say that is because there's been a bit of loose speculation about mm. Russell Martin wanting to be reunited with him at Swansea if an opportunity like that presented itself and you could you could get back your, your money or the best part of it is that something that they'd look at uh, that would really disappoint me if that if that did happen but that because I like him as a football player but you're mm. right it, is he going to be a, one of a midfield two with Morsi probably not not dynamic enough to play on the the wide areas of that midfield because you need to you need to be a left back as well in that position so probably not if it's four three four three, he's not a winger. We've seen him play sort of on the on the left of and on the right of of a three behind a striker. But in a three four three, you need to be that bit more dynamic again. Um, so where where does he where does he fit? And with him, um, I hope it doesn't happen. But if it if it does, he he's one that I think would retain the value of of what was paid. Whereas I don't think there are many. There are many teams that are going to be paying north of half a million, seven hundred grand for for Cameron Burgess, um, yeah. if it, for that style of, of defender. Um, so that would be an interesting one. I'd, I'd be disappointed if it happened, but I could certainly see the logic and the theory behind it because it's hard to hard to place him in the team. Mm. Okay then, boys. Well, the starting pistol has been fired on silly season, the season of rumour, gossip, speculation. I know you boys are excited. You're buzzing for it. You love it. Um, probably worth just uh, finishing by reminding you our approach to, to these kind of silly season stories. If you see a story on our website, and it'll be written by the Stuart Andy because they're the ones with the ear to the ground, like the Christian Walton story yesterday, um, which is a standalone story, that's because... It's something that the boys have verified, they've picked up. We believe it's a solid story. The second kind of tier of, of story in transfer city season is uh, Ipswich Town transfer rumour. That's a story that's come, that's been reported elsewhere, but come from a credible source, which we think is is worthy of, of sharing. And the other, the third tier, the final tier, is something that you may see somewhere and we don't do at all because we think it's nonsense. Um, and as always, friends, a reminder to whenever you see these, and you're going to see a lot of rumours, as you always do in this next month, consider the source is it a reputable source most of the time it's not so there you go and just a reminder as we as we kick off city season just a reminder also to support our, our sponsor manscaped by using the code koa at manscaped.com for 20 percent off and free delivery on all their various wares excellent wares um please say we've extended our sponsorship deal with manscaped into the new year so we can continue to offer you that discount 
And boys, with it being New Year, I thought we'd finish the show this week by having a few New Year wishes. Um, before we get going on that, are you the sort of, of lads who make New Year's resolutions? Hutchie, I would say that absolutely not ever have you made a New Year's resolution. Am I right? Um, not with any level of, of seriousness, <laughs> no. No. Stewie? Yeah, I think you've got to be um, realistic with with New Year's resolutions. Keep things simple. One of mine this year is drink more water, stay nice. more hydrated. Just just something that I know that I can kind of stick to. Nothing, yeah. nothing too grandiose. Mate, you you'll got... be, you'll be absolutely fine with that. You've got your little Wimbledon tennis bottle that comes everywhere with us. You'll be fine. Get it, get it drunk. You haven't get got yourself, more... get you haven't one got of these grown... for at home. You haven't got grow more hair on that list, Stewie, then? No, although our pre-chat before we, we came on air um, has, made, has got me thinking about sort of some self-improvements because uh, yeah. I don't know if we've discussed this yet on, on the pod, but you've uh, you got some new gnashes, haven't you? Oh, you're going there. Give him a little smile. You're going there. There we go. Uh, my, he's got his new, my... shiny, his new shiny pearlers. He's got his... Uh, Got his teeth done, listeners. So it's got me, got me thinking. What, what what can I do? Yes, friends. I've had cosmetic surgery. Um, as as you know, this this show <laughs> will will appreciate. I am of the bunch by far the, the most vain and egotistical um, and narcissistic. <clears throat> and uh, through doing various bits of TV work, I've come to the conclusion my teeth were a, a bag of smashed crabs. And thus, I've had them done, boys. I've gone full in. I've invested the cost of a car into my into my gnashes. So there you go. They are now considerably better than they were and I, i'm smiling a lot um so there you go yeah that, that's that's me they look great mate it's got me <laughs> thinking i might get some whitening i might get the laser eye surgery i think it's the norwood scale actually that they call I'll tell it you, I'll the tell you what, rating friend, and the, the hair the hair has sailed the hair transplant worth considering I, I know several people have had it done it's extremely effective um i'm not sure what kind of message it sends out to to, to listeners if you're unhappy with something, get it changed. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way it should be. It doesn't matter what you feel like inside. No, I'm, I'm only joking, obviously. Uh, I think if it's important to you and you have the wherewithal to do it, my teeth have always bothered me. Um, I had a condition called fluorosis, which meant I had basically my parents were told to give us extra fluoride when I was a kid, which means you end up with kind of mottling on your teeth uh, and they stain really easily. And uh, it's always been something that's bothered me. And as I say, doing work on TV alongside people with perfect teeth, it bothered me even more. Um, and so eventually I've got to the point where I can, I can get them done and, uh, I'm really pleased with them. Is there your, your TV work you're, you're speaking about here is, is related to fighting, right? So yeah. are these perfectly white smiles from, from their point kind of related to the fact they've had their, them all just smashed out of them with people's <laughs> fists, with people's fists. And is there a danger that your, um, your Nissan Micra, um, costing teeth get smashed up by your enjoyment of of punching and being punched yeah in the fa- in the face is that a, a genuine fear this was a, this is a key question for the dentist um if i have them done can i still box can i still spark Can i still whatever and he said yeah you can do whatever you would normally do um it's very rare he said for veneers to crack i mean it would just be my luck that i'd crack one obviously i need to get a new gum shield done um, but you'd be surprised, boys. A, a broken tooth or a detached tooth is, is fairly rare in fight sports. It does happen, um, but obviously gum shields are, are pretty good, particularly now. Um, so, yeah, generally when you see good teeth in the fight game, it's, it's for example, someone like Darren Till, who I'm sure is a, is a name you know. It's because he spent thousands of pounds 
on having them done, and his are exceptional. I was very, I was very clear with the dentist. I don't want to look like um, Rylan or um, <laughs> what's the guy? What's the, what's the Liverpool guy with the perfect teeth? Not Jurgen Klopp, the, the player Firmino. He spent like thirty grand on his teeth, and you can see him from space when he smiles. I didn't want to look like that. Um, I just wanted better teeth, so I'm, I'm not ashamed to smile. And you didn't have to go to Turkey for this. You've not been like <laughs> you, you've not been like on some dodgy cosmetic no. cosmetic holiday to to get them. That is what people do. I mean, some people have implants, boys, which sounds horrendous, which involves removing your actual teeth and then drilling new ones into your jawbone, like perfect teeth into your jawbone, which is a step that I wasn't prepared for. Um, it was still a pretty horrendous experience, but for me, it was worth it. Anyway, boys, enough about my uh, my million dollar smile or slightly less than that smile. Um, shall, we, shall we go on with uh, with New Year wishes? Um, have we got some some wishes to share? I'm going to start with you, Stewie. I've asked you both to bring three New Year's wishes. So on, on an Ipswich Town front, um, mm. Kieran McKenna to still be manager of Ipswich Town come the end of 2022, because I think that would that will be a sign of things moving in in the right direction. We had three different managers in uh, 2021, which doesn't feel very Ipswich Town. Let's hope we can uh, we can go a whole calendar year with Mr. McKenna in charge. Mm. Hachi, I want a an Ipswich Town player to score 20 goals in the calendar year of 2022. James Norwood scored 13 in 2021 to lead the mm-hmm. way. Uh, obviously, he didn't play in all of the games, but but Town played 61 matches um, in the calendar year of, of 2021. And I think it's entirely possible that a player should be able to score 20 goals across that many games. Obviously, Ipswich was a different case this this year in that a, a whole squad was kind of cast aside and only one brought in. So there were very few that actually played enough games to mm. to do that to do that. But I want a calendar year 20 goal haul from from somebody, please. Who who do you think might be the man to do that? So this is this is difficult. They the only striker, and you're looking at striker that is under contract for the whole of 2021 is Joe Piggott mm. at Ipswich. Um, and right now, it's difficult to it's difficult to sit here and say that that's going to happen. So um, somebody is going to either have to have a loan made permanent or a new contract given to them if uh, if they're going to be the man to do it. Or maybe they're not here yet. Maybe they're who, not. Who would I don't have said? Care. Who would have said back in August when they signed Joe Piggott that we'd be scoffing at the idea that he scores twenty goals in a calendar in a calendar year when we're all tipping him to be leading scorer in this current season? Another insight, another kind of indicator of how mad this Ipswich Town year has been. Um, Stewie, second New Year wish. It's quite a simple one. This one again for Ipswich Town to win more games than they lose. They didn't manage it in twenty twenty one. They played sixty one games in all competitions. They won nineteen, drew twenty two. And they lost 20. So um, that is a scale that needs uh, tipping in the other direction um, significantly. Um, so win more than they lose. I like these. They're simple but achievable, which is the key for all goals. Hutchie, have you got a second one? Yeah, slightly different direction. hope this is all right. End the tyranny of Sweet Caroline. End it. <laughs> It's not a football song. I don't know where. It's it not an anything song. It's no. It's, 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 it's a sports it, song. Get it out now and again. It's fine for appropriate moments, but playing it before every game, no. And why is it a fight sports song? 
it's just traditionally why? something that's been played at, at fight sports events. And it is tremendous it's... before a big fight, everyone singing along. I mean, obviously, it's also fitting for the, the end of the first ever KOA Live where we, we busted that bad boy out as yeah, well. I hate I hated every every second of that, <laughs> sta- standing standing on that little stage doing that. It's what, one of, oh yeah, just <laughs> end that... it. End it. It's got its place, but its place isn't every week. Let's mm-hmm. let's turn turn the tables and move on for, for what 2022. Is, what is its place then? Just now and again, like at, at, say say they beat. I don't know if they'd beaten Sunderland mm. in front of that massive crowd with all those flags. Um, they'd beaten them. A last minute winner. Profit on the atmosphere that's already there by playing it don't use it to manufacture something that would be that would be my uh my thoughts on it but not every week how can how can you be excited about that every week end the tyranny of sweet caroline in 2022 please i don't know who even whose job it is to do that if anybody's listening who has the ability to 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 just use it more sensibly in 2022 i like that there we go have you got a final one uh, do you, do you want a do you want a, a silly one or a sensible one? I want whatever you want to give me. Okay, uh, sensible one. I want to see these these crowds, these new found higher crowds that we've seen over the last couple of games. I want to see them. Some of those fans retained. A lot of those, you know, a lot of those within those what twenty nine thousand against Sunderland, twenty six against against Wickham. They will either be. New fans or returning fans that have come back to it after a after an absence. Um, it's going to be really important to retain those. I think if Ipswich can end the year with, uh, you know, if they can keep average crowds of around 20, maybe improve on that, you know, push towards 21, 22 on average, that is a sign that the club is moving in the right direction again. They've uh, the, the decade that I've covered them, year on year, it's been a slow bleed of about 1,000 fans every year that have kind of uh, slowly dripped and dripped away if they can uh, if they can start putting bums on seats again that will mean that uh, things are happening what's your what's your silly one my silly one is it's i mean this with great sincerity i want a yellow away kit i will keep banging this drum i know i'm in a complete minority here but that uh, they've brought out the retro of the i think it's it 74 75 mm. with the what they call it um off gold, don't they, or something? Yeah, uh, anything yellow. to not call it yellow. <laughs> it's yellow, and that's fine. It's got it's got plenty of blue trim on it. No green inside. I, I just think I just think it's a thing of beauty. I lo- I loved when they brought the yellow into the into the badge. I th- I feel um, I like it unashamedly. Yellow's a horrendous color. I'm not with you there, um, Hutchie. Your final wish? Me neither. Um, I was, my my last one was going to be very similar to to Stu's sensible one. I just want the the kind of feel good feeling to be there this time next year again. Um, as it, as it is now, it's remarkable that it is still there, but it but it is um, and and it's great. Um, and then again, similar to Stu, I the one I was going to pivot to was maybe a bit of a personal one. I need to get hold of one of those black away kits. Oh, now we're talking. Um, and that is a wish of mine for the next few months. Um, yeah, that I need to, I need, I need to get hold of one of those. So that that is, yeah, I, I need it. Um, and I'll take that <laughs> over sweet. I'd take that over sweet Caroline. Actually, if if I could get hold of one of those shirts, I would drop um, any pre- 
and protestations at, at the Sweet Caroline being what, played. I don't what know. What sort of bunts would would you pay, Andy? Where's your where's your ceiling? Um, how, how much could one of our listeners sort of fleece you for it if if they were to get hold of one? Um, significant sum. Okay. Uh, not as much as Mark's teeth. Uh, <laughs> you're not you're not having my car, um, but I would I'd make it worth your while. You've got contacts, though, Hutchie. I mean, surely. Yeah, yeah. Feelers have been. Uh, I would. Uh, yeah, feelers have been put out and uh, swiftly returned to me, with and minus the shirt. So uh, we will. Uh, we'll keep probing. We go again. Um, just, just nick one, mate. You know, you're near the dressing room sometimes. Well, dressing room, mate. If, they, if the players are only ones who've got them, you're going to have to do a bit of espionage. I don't know if they're even going to wear it again now. Uh, probably, she- actually, Sheffield Wednesday, they'll wear it. So maybe, mm. maybe, maybe, Stu. Um, we do actually go at Hillsborough from memory for post-match stuff, whether that's if it's inside by that point. That is quite close to the dressing rooms down if you remember, Stu, down in that little weird little tunnel area um, at Hillsborough. So the, there might be an opportunity. You could make one of those pathetic little signs saying, <laughs> oh, so can I have your shirt? you just be stood there by the tunnel at the end. <laughs> who, would, who would be, who would you target for that? <laughs> who, who is most likely to take pity yeah. on you? And, and, and... I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, actually. I'd like Surely. to think the answer should be no one. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd feel very disappointed if anybody did he, respond to Andy that. Andy wrestles it away from a, a small <laughs> child. <laughs> Look, I, that are... almost happened to me when I was a kid. That shirt there, that, that mm. well, with McGreal on it, I caught that in the crowd at, at Derby on the final day of the 2000-2001 season when they finished fifth. And a grown man tried to wrestle it away from me in, in the front row of the crowd and, and, and the rest of... The fans um, sort of intervened to to tell him to leave the kid yeah. alone. Turned out we were parked next to each other in the car park when Ooh. we when we when we walked back across from Pride Park. So it was a bit awkward, but um, awkward. but yeah, I, I would I would wrestle it away from a child, no problem. The best no the best sport that. for seeing that kind of thing happen is always baseball. You know when when um, people go to catch the ball as it as it's hit for a home run. There's always instance where grown men, as you say, are, are literally knocking kids asunder. Dropping kids in some case to try and catch the ball. Um, excellent, excellent entertainment. Surely, I mean, we talk about contacts, Roscoe and Macaulay Bond. We must be able to work that angle for, to get with one of these shirts, Hutchie. What do you reckon? Is that is that is that a strong axis? Well, Roscoe insists it is. <laughs> Chantry, <laughs> isn't it? We shall see. Um, I've got some New Year wishes to finish off with. They're not town related, but they're for each of my fellow kings. Stewie, I want you to get your blue tick on Twitter. That's going to happen. Hutchie, I want to sit down and have a, a film a marathon with you so you can fill these gaping holes in your cultural knowledge. I'm going to force you to watch the likes of Top Gun and uh, Indiana Jones. It's Back not to going to happen, future. mate. It is. It is going to happen, all right? I'm going to get you drunk and I'm going to make you watch films. Um Mike Bacon, obviously, I just want to see him back with us, back from Hollywood and back doing what he does best, which is um, bringing the, the slightly irreverent stuff to the Kings of Anglia. And for Roscoe, I just want him to get his bloody driving licence. I'm sure he told us he had his tests in November. We've not heard anything about it. Mm. Um, so I just want him to be fully mobile and able to get himself around without having to catch lifts off of other people, um, become a fully functioning member of the, the KOA team, independently mobile. That would be tremendous. Right then, boys, I guess I was going to finish it there. 
But it's just struck me that this is the last time we're going to speak this week. We're doing a big meaty podcast this week. So we should, before we go, should we not mention Gillingham on Saturday? Um, I don't know to what extent we're going to be able to talk about the team, etc. Uh, but clearly, this is the Boxing Day game that never was. How are we feeling about it, boys? Actually, this is a game that, that town should go out and dominate, isn't it? Yeah, we think that about every time they go to <laughs> play play Gillingham. I'm fed up of Gillingham. Um, we could pretend it is Boxing Day for the. Oh, I'd like that. that. Just I, I don't know what that would do. Like take some turkey sandwiches. Um, mm. But yeah, look, they they beat Wickham in um, in McKenna's first game, and it'd be brilliant if they could back that up with um, with a win in his second. Obviously, the Lincoln game got called off as well. Um, so there was no opportunity to do that. They've got a tall order, real tall order to get back into this promotion race. And the best way to do it is just to get off and running and, and get going quickly. They did that against Wickham, a tough opponent. Gillingham, always a tough opponent. Um, I don't, I think that their management duo would, um, would always put a tough team on the field unless the squad is decimated by COVID. Um, so it will be tough, but in terms of quality, you should always we should always be looking at an Ipswich team to come out and beat and beat a team um, team like Gillingham. So that's the that's the task. No idea who's fit. Um, McKenna, it's been a long, long time since since the since the last game. So um, it, I, I don't think we'll again. We, I don't think we'll see drastic change from the last game. Um, mm. Maybe maybe some more some more tweaks. Um, and that'll be that'll be interesting, but I'm, I'm just looking forward to seeing them play again, hoping that they can can back up what was a really good win in the opener. Hmm. Gillingham have gone 12 games without a win. They haven't won since since no, October 19th. Looking at that, and that was a one nil at home against Doncaster, and we saw firsthand how bad Doncaster were. I think Steve Evans. I think if Steve Evans has his way, he'll have signed a whole new team by the time kickoff comes around on Saturday. He's already talking about the players not being good enough, and we know Steve Evans loves a, a foray into the uh, into the transfer market. But yes, they've got some threats like Oliver up front. Is it you know dominates in the air and is a handful, and they'll I'm sure they'll they'll scrap. And but this is a game which need to win. How many times have we said that? If they're going to do anything, it's now or never. It needs to happen. You know. That's, uh, if the ball's going to start rolling, it, it needs to start rolling quickly under Kieran McKenna. There's no feeling your way into this one um, because the games will, will very rapidly start to run out soon. So Gillingham away with a with a packed away end. Uh, hopefully it's dry. There's a new year wish list for the away fans because they completely uncovered there. I, I don't think it's going to be dry. I looked at the weather forecast the other day. Um I don't think it is going to be dry. So pack your coat. And that goes for Ross, if you're listening as well. Ross, take a <laughs> coat and don't wear jeans in the rain because you've, you've had this before and it was a it, it was a joke. So it's going to be cold. It's going to be wet, Ross. Dress appropriately, please. There we go. An important message. We'll find out if he'd actually listen to it um, in, in terms of what he turns up wearing. Just finally, boys, team-wise, if... if, he, if... McKenna goes with exactly what was on the pitch against Wickham, probably with the exception of, of Walton starting in goal. Happy with that? Uh, yeah, in short, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd like to see some players come back into it. Like uh, um, Kyle Edwards was missing. Um, mm. Bursant Salina was missing. Um, obviously, Walton, as you say. I'd like to see them back in the mix. But if that same eleven was was picked again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be disappointed with that, no. Okay, there you go then. It's been... 
a fairly epic first podcast of the year, the Sexy Stuff edition. We've gone back through everything that may happen, looked ahead, dropped some names in there. We've talked about New Year wishes, and we're finished with a little look ahead to Gillingham. Just a reminder, please, to support our sponsor, Manscaped. Use the code KOA at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery. And also follow us on all our social medias, uh, Instagram, it's Kings of Anger, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Transfer City Season is up and running. Ipswich Town have hopefully got a game this weekend and we can see Kieran McKenna's second match in charge of Ipswich Town. And we should be back next week to talk about it, friends. Have a great one. Speak to you next time. From true crime to football, Brexit to Oakville. more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon. Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.